what I need to remember is that I am Walker. I am myself. The best that I can do is enough for that reason. And I'm made to be me and make the music that I'm supposed to be. And so like, how do you remember that? It's such a simple concept, but it's so hard to remember. Welcome back to my conversation with Walker Burroughs, my friend and a top eight finalist on American Idol. I'm Beth McGinnis, and this is Here in Alabama. In the summer of 2019, Walker and I talked about fame, community, and the moral center of art. Then he went on tour with Bobby Bones and college full-time. Then COVID-19 hit and the whole world slowed down. I caught back up with Walker on Zoom in the spring of 2021. Made to be was just about to be released. No way. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So it was like yeah. before October because that came out in October. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Okay. Well, okay. So starting there, the movie okay. made, made to be came out. That went great. It, you know, it didn't do like in a material standpoint, it didn't do as well as the first song, but I think that's because I was on idle when that song was already out. So that was cool. Since I have since licensed the Moon Song with a company in in London, oh nice, pitching it to commercials and t- and TV shows. It got on Love Island Australia, which was kind of funny. Oh, wow. um, so that was weird. But anyways, well, okay. So the tour semester, the tour semester was unbelievable. So I would start my my school week on Tuesday, kind of late Monday. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I would do school. On Friday, I would fly to some city in the country in the morning, do a show on Saturday, fly to another city from the first city, do a show, fly back Sunday, do my homework, have acapella practice, and then start over. I was not in the same state for more than four days for like three and a half months or something. I got so depressed by the end. I, la- I laugh, but it's not funny. But like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing better now. But like at the time, I mean, I just like, I really thought I could do absolutely everything. So I was doing a full load of school. I was a full-time student and doing this full-time job like every weekend. And it And it wasn't just like I was going to work at an ice cream store. I mean, I was like, playing my music in front of like two to 3000 people a night, which was just ridiculous and so awesome. And, oh um, I, I, and it was like, I learned so much. I got way better at the piano. I was like, whatever, I can play pop songs, whatever. But then like I would get into sound check and Bobby and the other guy, his sidekick, Eddie, they would like, they would have learned another song and not told me about it. And they'd be like, no chart, no nothing. And it was like, all right, Walker, if you can learn this song right now, you're going to play it tonight. If not, then you're not going to play it. And it was sort of like, can you do it? So for me, that was like, it really intense because that wasn't anything I was used to. And it was all by ear and it was on the spot memorization. And I got really good at it by the end of the tour. So basically, I just totally loved it. I totally loved doing the tour, but the school side like really, really made it horrible. And I got really depressed and the tour ended like, I mean, the tour ended like Thanksgiving and then the finals were after Thanksgiving. So it was really just the entire semester. And I was like, I am done. I hadn't taken a break since 
idle because I had done idle. Then it was like a couple months. Then it was a couple months at home being miserable. And then it was tour school. And I was like, I got to stop. So I took off the spring. I was like, I'm going to take a break. I moved into this apartment that I'm in now and with my, with one of my best friends and, you know, kept doing shows with Bobby. We played it like the Ryman and the Grand Ole Opry and we're doing all these awesome things and flying all over the place still for, for a couple more weeks. And then I had like my first ever full band really thought through like show, which was the rise show I did at Birmingham mm-hmm. through Vestavia. I kind of like was really excited about that because it was a good opportunity to test that out because I had sung mm-hmm. bands on Idol, but I'd never like coordinated, like led all the rehearsals, written all the charts, paid everybody. Like it was just so much coordination. Did you enjoy like, that work? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was so fun. And I wasn't in school. So it was like what I got to really focus in on. And oh, Kate man. was at that show. Who was? My daughter, Kate. Kate was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. It was, it was so fun. A year ago today, flew to Florida with Bobby and played the Florida Strawberry Festival with his band. We got a cool hat that said 2020, Our Perfect Vision, which now is just super ironic. I did this show and then like the next week I was in Colorado on just a trip with my friends. And while we were, it was like spring break. So while we were there, we got the news that like the school was shutting down for two weeks while they figured out the COVID thing. And then obviously that's when everything started shutting down and they postponed the whole semester and I went home and yeah. So then the update of quarantine was that I was loving it for a while, did some cool videos, started doing stuff on TikTok and started, I streamed a little bit just for myself, for another, for a friend of mine who was hosting a little thing. And then I did a gig planned for a family friend's organization. They were, they needed a guest artist. And so I just did little stuff here and there in quarantine, nothing, nothing big at all. But it was honestly like finally the break that I needed and kind of the mental health sort of let's get you back to a stable place kind of couple months. And so I took like six months off of Instagram, loved it, totally loved it. And I got to do just like creative things. I got to do whatever I wanted because that's why I got to do it because I wanted to and no other reasons. So like, well, very safely in my garage and distance or whatever. I had like Kunal and Luke come play some brass for a song I was recording. I Kunal and Luke are two of Walker's high school friends. They were part of the Mutton Chops brass band. I'll tell you about the Mutton Chops in the next episode. I was like, because I want to. I like how that sounds. I want it in there. And then and then I made like a claymation, like a whole like three minute claymation because I wanted to. It took me like 50 hours. It was horrible, but I but I loved it. <laughs> little stupid things like that. I just really was just trying things for the sake of making. And I think that's what I found was the part that gave me life. And I think that was sort of like maybe why I needed to stop school because I wasn't making. I I was enjoying the tour because I was creating music with people and for people. And that was awesome. And yeah, that's the part that I like about it is just creating. So I I explored that for six months and took took a social media break and then kind of towards the end of Last semester, I got back into it, and my the company that licensed the Moon Song was like, "Hey, we want to do a Christmas song with you. We can push it to a bunch of places and whatever." And I, so I released a Christmas song, and it like did all right. I really actually love the recording. I think it's a great. It's a cover song of a Coldplay song. 
And I like really liked how it turned out. I feel really proud of it. Materialistically, it didn't do very great. So that's like, whatever. I'm kind of backpedaling, trying to figure out why and what to do better and whatever. So where I am now is that I am, as of as of like today, I'm like going all in on social media. I'm trying to like kind of revamp that for myself because I have a good platform, but I, but I don't know that I've been using it as well as I could have been for the last couple of years, especially with a six month social media break. I kind of have to do some work to build some, some hype back up. So that's sort of something that I'm focusing on for the next three months. I've got a great plan laid out for the first time in a while. I haven't really known what I'm doing short term and now I do. I've got this EP that I've been recording this entire time with a bunch of songs that I've written and I'm like so excited about it. I think also to add to that is like, I'm sort of in an exploration stage of like really defining who I am as an artist. I think I know who I am like as a person just in general, but as far as like the concept of like, I as an artist have to kind of treat myself like a business in that respect. And so kind of nailing down exactly who I am in that regard is kind of something I'm working on right now. So, so that's not as like material, but that's sort of just kind of mental what I'm working on. And then material is like kind of going through that as social media and songwriting, because those will both sort of influence or be influenced by what I'm kind of thinking about myself. Walker didn't realize it, but this almost offhand comment tapped right into why I wanted to interview him in the first place. What Walker calls material songwriting, performing, managing social media, all that is intimately and reciprocally tied up with who we are as people. In our last conversation, I asked Walker about his moral center, how it shows up in his art. He talked about his community of friends, about the value of every human being, no matter their views or circumstances, about how incredibly hard it can be to apply that sense of worth to ourselves about how these core values show up in his songwriting, particularly in his song Made to Be. I think when I when I wrote Made to Be, that was a message, I may have said this before, but that was a message of self-love to myself. I I needed to hear that I I don't have to compare myself to other people. So I think maybe last when we talked my mindset about myself was like, who am I in comparison to all these other people? And especially coming off American Idol, it was like very present in my mind. Like, how am I compared to each of these people that I just lost to, you know? Um, And since then, I think I have gotten better. I'm not perfect yet, but I've gotten better about like, the need to compare myself as an identifying factor um, and maybe more directed down the line of like asking that question, like who actually am I and not like who am I compared to these people? So my answer is that I don't necessarily have a super great answer yet. It's still something that I'm wrestling with. I returned to the question I had asked Walker earlier about who he is at his moral center. I think there are some things that I would like to say about myself that maybe I am kind and maybe I am uh, funny sometimes if, if it all goes well, if my jokes go well. Keep listening. You're not going to believe this. I, I want to have 
lyrics that mean something to people and, and more than just kind of like, this is a pop love song, but you know, some of that too. I so something I was talking to um, my friend about was like, he was telling me I need to find four core words that define who I am. And then everything I do need to point back to those four words. So I don't necessarily have those four words figured out for myself. I have general ideas and I, and I've kind of narrowed it down a little bit based on, based on kind of who I am as a person influencing who I am as an artist. But no, I don't think I have totally figured out (laughs) who exactly I am yet, but I'm asking the right questions. I think. It sounds like you really are Walker and it really touches me to hear you describe yourself and to hear you say the first two things that come out of your mouth when you're describing yourself are kind and funny. I absolutely agree with those. You know, you are those things, but it's moving to me because those are the words that our family has chosen. Those two words specifically are the words that our family has chosen as sort of our family attributes or our family motto. And we actually have no way, kind like very funny. specifically. Yeah, kind and funny. Yeah, that really. I mean, they. No um, we're gonna go on a trip. Awesome. Um, we're gonna go on a trip in the house. So let's see. Oh, I can't even. That, well, that's a crazy coincidence. <laughs> we were on Zoom, so I picked up my iPad and took Walker with me on a video tour of my house to the front entrance, where we have our family motto displayed: kind and funny. Isn't that weird? So I want to show you something. I want to show you what is right in the front, right? When you come in the front door and let's see, I've got to get the camera right. Um, So that is what you see when you come in the front door of our house. (laughs) I can't believe that. Isn't that funny? Kind and funny. And so we have told, we have said to William and Kate over the years, we have said, those are the things that we want to be in our family. Those are the things that we value and aspire to. The other part of that is we'll figure it out. That's the other part of the motto, you know, kind, funny, and we'll figure it out. (laughs) That's like kind of exactly what I just said. It really is. Oh my gosh. I think you're in my family, Walker. (laughs) I guess I am. (laughs) I guess you are, but (laughs) that's fantastic. I would love to have you as my part of my extended family, but you are those things. You know, that is I can definitely affirm that part of your identity. And um, I think, you know, you're right. All of the rest of it will fall into place. Those are two words. You know, you said you were looking for four. Well, those are two of them, right? (laughs) You're halfway there, right? And and you will figure out the rest. You know, if you know those two things, um, the rest can fall into place. Mm. It really will. I'm thinking about some of the words in your song, Made to Be, and... There's that line where you say, I'll close my eyes and try to find a way to stay awake to that sound. I, I love that. There's a paradox there because usually if you're staying awake, you're keeping your eyes open, right? Mm-hmm. But you're, <laughs> and I love that, that you said, I'm going to close my eyes and stay awake to that sound. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? How do you do that? How do you stay awake to that sound? Hmm. Well, in a very like literal sense, I think that the sound of crickets has become sort of my reminder that I am who I'm supposed to be and I can't be anything else. 
mainly because of that metaphor in the song. And, and at the beginning of the song, you'll hear crickets audio, and that's actually just recordings from my backyard. That yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. We may cover that. <laughs> I think in a very literal sense, I'm trying to, I guess kind of, I guess kind of staying awake to that, to listen to that is sort of like, I want to keep reminding myself that I'm going to have to actively remind myself and tell myself this thing and sort of that that sometimes that feels like maybe <laughs> maybe like when you're drifting off and you kind of have to like have that oh gosh stay awake stay awake stay awake to that sort of message so I think that I think I kind of meant that in a very literal way directing to the sound of the crickets but then I suppose it could also be pretty metaphorical and I guess <laughs> I don't know maybe that is metaphorical I don't know whatever ah. <laughs> I love that there is an actual sound that pulls you back to that intention that you have to focus on your calling to be who you are. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's nice because it's, I, you know, in Alabama, Alabama summers, that'll, that'll happen pretty frequently. So there's a saying that intention forms action, your intentions form your actions your actions form your habits, your behavioral habits, and your habits form your character. Mm. And so you're setting an intention here by reminding yourself to focus on that sound and on what that sound means to you. You're setting that intention and your intention, you know, it goes all the way to forming your character. So I really believe that, that that is it does shape you. Your intentions do shape you. Yeah. I totally love that because I think that's what really has been the last year for me, kind of finally having that space to sort of just be with myself for weeks and like, you know, maybe feel the things I'm feeling, but also continue to be able to remind myself that and have that intention. Cause I, cause I do think that I have grown a lot in that over the last year. Again, not perfect at the comparison thing, but I am vastly better than I used to be. And I was coming out of arguably one of the toughest comparison mental states that I, that I can imagine. So yeah, I love that. It seemed like a good time to tell Walker about my interview with Demandre Thurman. Walker knows Demandre as the euphonium professor of Walker's good friend, Kanal Tawari. We'll hear from Kanal in the next couple of episodes. He is world famous. You know, he is one of the top euphonium players in the world. And so he is, he's living his career at this really, really high level, just as you have been the past several years, living your career at this really high level in this really competitive environment. And when I ask him about his personal identity and his calling and his finding his own unique voice in that world, he said almost the same thing that you just said. He talked about staying focused on himself and not comparing himself to others and just following, just setting a regimen for himself, things that he wants to work on. Sort of, I'm reminded of your short-term goals of, you know, um, social media and songwriting. You know, I'm, you've got this very specific focus right now. And he talked about spending time working on his high register or whatever, and just say, okay, right now I'm working on my high register. And then you're ready when the opportunities come 
but you're not just trying to say, I want to play like so-and-so, or I want to sing like so-and-so, or am I better than so-and-so? Right. You're right. just focusing on what you have to do. Absolutely. Uh, that is, that is absolutely it. I'd like to even say that I can identify things in other people that I like about them. That may be something that I can like work on. Cause that, I mean, like, that's just how you get better. Like you can't get better without, you know, having goals and whatever, but, but yes, absolutely. My, my thoughts are not driven by, I want to be better than them. My thoughts are driven by, I want to be the best version of myself. And then that's the hard question of like, well, what does that mean? And how do I get there? Will I know when I get there? Am I going in the right direction? All those follow-up questions to that big one. So yeah, I love that. I think it's both. You'll know when you get there, but you're in a sense, you're already there and you're going to be working on it your whole life. Mm. Uh, At the same time, you know? Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, I've had a lot of friends over the years say say things like, you are enough exactly as you are. And for a long time, I'm like, but like, I could be more, like I could be whatever, you know? And the follow-up is something to the extent of like, you could not possibly be more than you are right now. Like, Like, you can't, change anything about what has happened and maybe you can't even have in the big stressful intense things maybe you couldn't have even done anything more than you did and hindsight is always 2020 maybe I am the best version of myself right now and maybe that maybe that can still mean that I have somewhere to go um, in the future but right now I'm, I'm the best of where I am because I can't be anything more than I am I don't know whatever I mean, Idol was great, but it was really stressful. Are you glad you had those experiences? That is also a question I have been thinking about the last year. I go back and forth very constantly. In a very open sense, I was like very depressed for a lot of the tour. There were moments in Idol when I, if if I had expressed emotions, I would have like not been able to collect and continue. There was a time in Hawaii when I when I walked out on stage and I saw my sister in the crowd because it was the first time she had been able to come to one. This was an especially stressful one. If I made it through this round, I was going to have to quit school. If I didn't, I was going to go back to school and have to finish out a semester with no absences remaining. And I was already failing a bunch of classes. So I walk out on that stage and I see my sister and like literally almost start crying like I every you know that choked up feeling like just super intense I got choked up really bad I feel the tears well up and I think that moment I like shut down my feelings and and honestly don't know that I have figured out how to turn them back on fully I feel things really intensely sometimes and other times I'm just like whatever so that sort of like emotional trauma was really terrible so there were there were bad things. I think it was a very traumatic experience for me in American Idol. And then like trying to do school and tour was kind of just continued that emotional strain. I started therapy and it sort of helped, not really. And then, yeah. And then you look at the good side though. And I got to go on a nationwide tour, which is just like 
it was so fun. It was, it was literally like I was living a dream. It was amazing. I was playing my music and expressing myself in front of many thousands of people a weekend. I got opportunities to sing with full orchestras. I got to sing a duet with Jason Mraz. I got like all these things that were completely phenomenal experiences. And I, I'm good friends with Bobby Bones now. And I'm, I have a lot of connections through him and other people I met on the tour. Okay, so in a nutshell, American Idol was very emotionally traumatic. Tour uh, perpetuated that emotional strain. And then it's been really hard to kind of get back to my normal self. But it was also just like an unbelievably fantastic experience. I learned so much. I grew so much. I met so many amazing people. I don't know everything about the music business and how all that works, but I sort of know what I don't know now which has been a great learning opportunity. Yeah. So I, I think I feel really thankful and it was really fun to kind of have the support of my communities in such a huge way. I mean, like all of that was super, super miraculous. And that's the part that has remained the most fulfilling, you know, a lot of the stuff that I did that, that seems really cool from an outside perspective ended up not being like fulfilling. You know what I mean? That was another takeaway. So it's sort of not about like, what do you accomplish? It's for me, I think, turned into who do you connect with and what kind of impacts do you make and that sort of thing. So in that regard, I make, I had a lot of opportunities that in that space that I wouldn't have gotten. And so for those, I'm really grateful. And as the years go on, I will continue to explore the emotional effects of Idol and Maybe I'll have an answer to if I should have gone on or not. I think it shows the process. You know, you're in a process. You're still in a process of figuring out what that means in your life. And that's okay. You know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Walker has integrity. I mean that in the sense of being integrated through and through, consistent in every different situation, holding to a solid core, no matter the circumstances. Walker is pretty much the same, talking about his twin sister, that most intimate of relationships, and talking about performing for millions on American Idol. He's solid, the same kind, funny, loving person in both kinds of relationship and all the ones in between. I want more of that integrity myself. I ask Walker what advice he might have for the rest of us. So part of me just wants to say, like, to anybody that's listening, to like take a chance on something that you're absolutely terrified of or something that maybe you wouldn't have actually considered doing because <laughs> I don't know that I I don't know that I really would have done American Idol or or even released a song on Spotify without just having the idea pop into my head and of course I was super afraid about doing all of it but it's been really wonderful and I I, I think it's been meaningful, if not if not only to my community at home, let alone some of the rest of the nation. I've, I've been super grateful to represent our state and maybe be some some bit of a, a force that brings people together for something that is good and still passionate, but not necessarily controversial or, mm. or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just really grateful and grateful for everybody's support and everybody's love and also grateful that I 
decided to take this big risk that I did a year ago. So take some risks. Have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're with Walker Burroughs, you're almost certainly having a good time. But more than that, you're benefiting from his wise and mature perspective on life, his kindness, and his sense of humor. Walker's experience with fame has shaped him, sure, but for the people around Walker, he has also shaped our understanding of what it means to be popular or in the public eye. Watching Walker navigate this experience with grace, humility, and steadfast love reminds us all to stay connected to our core truths, whether we're interacting with a few other people or thousands. I'm grateful to have Walker as my friend and teacher. Every semester when I begin my Samford classes, I ask my students if they believe music can make us better. Like a good attorney, I ask this question knowing the answer, or at least knowing my answer. I believe music can and does shape us, and if we're intentional about it, it can shape us into better individuals, better communities, and a better world. That's why Walker Burroughs and the musicians of Perry County, Alabama, are on the same podcast. All of them have tapped into the power music has to shape a better world. What's on your playlist matters, so go add Walker right now. When we finished talking in my Samford office that summer day in 2019, I asked if Walker wanted to sing a song. That's a song that Mr. Horton used to sing to us when we were out on the band field when I was a freshman. Oh, yeah? He would sing to us during practice. Yeah. And I've learned the song, and I've now started using it as one of my songs that I play on tour with Bobby. Yeah. So I could play a bit of that. I'd love to hear that, if you don't mind. Cool, I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Do you think the recorder's going to pick it all up? Uh, I'll, I'll watch. I'll let you know. So Mr. Horton used to sing that to you He used to sing it to me. I don't know that I've told him that I'm doing that on tour now. I probably should. He would love to know Um, that. But that's one of my favorite memories from marching band, so I've loved that song ever since. Happy to be singing it. Yeah. Also, funny side story. This has nothing to do with anything. But when I I was a kid, 
I, I did want to be like Justin Bieber. I wanted to be big and famous like him. Oh, yeah? And my, my dad, well, I watched a little thing, and Justin Bieber went to Atlanta, and that's how he got discovered by, like, Usher or whatever. So I was like, Dad, you have to take me to Atlanta because I'll get famous <laughs> if you take me to Atlanta. <laughs> so he was like, learn 20. I was like 10. He was like, learn 25 songs, and I'll take you to Atlanta. And so I got a binder from Walmart, and I, like, and I wrote on the front, I was like, Walker's 25 songs. And I put the little piece of paper in the front sleeve so everybody could see it. I started like printing out all these chord sheets and I got through maybe like four or five songs before I gave up. And then that binder has been sitting in my basement for like the past nine years. So when tour, when I got asked to go on tour with Bobby Bones, I picked up that binder and I, now I'm using that binder as my tour binder. Wow. <laughs> and I like put a new sheet in front of the 25 songs like it's still in there but I just put a new sheet that says Bobby Bones tour now on the front oh wow <laughs> so it's just nostalgic for me are any of the same songs in there oh no okay <laughs> <laughs> I had to take those out make okay. me to be organized about it but it was funny it was like there was like Life is a Highway from Cars <laughs> I was like one of the songs it's like these goofy songs <laughs> but that was great that's great yeah Thank you so much for talking with me today. Oh, I really Walker. enjoyed it. Me too. It was too. wonderful reflection for so me. So much. So thanks yeah. for having me. So what's the sound you want to stay awake to? What's in your binder? What reminds you of who you were made to be? We'll continue asking these questions in the next episode when I introduce you to some of Walker's good friends in the Mutton Chops Brass Band. I can't wait for you to hear them. I'm Beth McGinnis, and this is Here in Alabama. Thank you.